Welcome to Art Glider. Join your favourite art curators as we chat with all kinds of people in the art, culture and NFT space. Welcome to season two of Art Glider, the light bulb moment. We chat to creative pioneers about their light bulb moments. We discover what brought up their creative epiphanies and how they followed through to get where they are today. The light bulb moment provides you with practical tips to work towards your own light bulb moment. Before we begin, I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land from which we're recording today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You may remember us from the first season of Art Glider, which brought together sister consultancies, Art Pharmacy and Sugar Glider Digital to interview a fantastic array of inspiring individuals from the world of arts, culture, technology and business. You might be thinking, who is this new voice? I don't know who this is. Um, my name is Ellen. I am the marketing coordinator at Art Pharmacy and Sugar Glider Digital. So our second season, The Lightbulb Moment, focuses on moments of realisation and inspiration and provides practical tips from creative pioneers to our listeners. We chat to extraordinary individuals about their lightbulb moments to find out what brought it on and how they followed through with it to get where they are today. So for our first episode, who better to have as a guest than author and our very own founder, the self-proclaimed art empress of light bulb moments, Amelia Colliver. Are you a project manager, marketing manager or architect who has an interest in delivering a successful art project? Are you overseeing the development of an art strategy or putting together a corporate art collection? If so, then Amelia's latest book, The Art Project, is for you. Released in March this year, The Art Project, a handbook for the public and private sectors, demystifies the complexities of com commissioning art in the public realm to assist in the process of implementing an art project from start to finish. So, Amelia, welcome to the podcast. Um, what was your light bulb moment? My light bulb moment was studying art history in the UK. Uh, Britain, also known as. Uh, I studied at SOAS and UCL. And what I realised was, you know, studying art history over there, we learned painting, architecture and sculpture. I worked for, for some incredible people in, in London. I was there for, for 10 years. Worked for an art, art collector. I've, I worked for a lot of institutions like the British Museum. Incredible experience. And when I came back to Australia, I just assumed that I'd just walk into an institution here in Australia and be selected really quickly. But that actually wasn't the case. So that's actually where it sort of sparked my light bulb moment. I was actually painting at the time down in Bondi, uh, funnily enough, with Jenny Key and Bernadette Treller and um, another lovely guy who I'm still in touch with, um, Peter Zahns, who's, who's a lovely mentor to me. And in those moments, I was painting and I realised that, that where, where do these all these amazing people exhibit their works and I didn't know where they they could could exhibit so that's what sort of started it off and I did a lot of pop-up shows on Oxford Street in Sydney which started you know quite a big trend where we were having we'd have these people all booked out you know down the street it was fun but what I realized was we weren't making I wasn't really making any money and that's when I realized I had to get serious and and learn not to be just a creative to actually be a business person so I think that was a big light bulb moment for me. It was only through experience 
that 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 happened. So I think with light bulb moments, they do come to you and I do write them down. So I do recommend putting them in your notes or, you know, on your phone, wherever you can, or scroll them down. And what I also do is I, I, I will write them down and I'll put them up and then I'll actually, I'll tell people about light bulb moments. I'll like, this is what I thought of. And it's interesting when you talk it out loud and you, you hear from somebody else's perspective, like, oh, have you heard of this? Or have you done this? Or have you got this? So it's really interesting. A lot of people do sometimes keep the light bulb moments to themselves and saying, oh, no, this is a precious idea. But actually, there's never really an original idea anymore, I don't believe. It's it's like trying to find like a, a website address. It's You can't these days. It's the same, same with a light bulb moment. There might be something that is origin, original, but there'll be something else that's not so original about it. So, yeah, get get scrolling, you know, get the, the little... Um, the sticky note and put them put it up in your bathroom where you look every day and reflect on it. Mm. And yeah, manifest it and yeah, no that's great advice for our listeners. Do you remember like where you were when it happened? Like do you have like a really clear memory or is it all a bit of a blur now that you've been running businesses for over 10 years in the art sector? The other aha moment for me was as a as a mother, I've I've got two children was if you run a gallery it's it's basically that 9 to 9 to 5 but you do you do openings every week or every month on a Thursday perhaps and then on Saturday you have to be open as well so i was like well i don't actually want to work on a saturday necessarily i want to have that home time for myself so that was where i was like well how can i create a, a business that can also work around the time that work fit you know fits into to to you know for my family as well mm. so it was creating something out of that yeah out of necessity i guess placemaking is such a buzzword can you tell us a little bit about what placemaking means and why you're so passionate about it? Oh, so it is. It's such a buzzword. And I feel like it's uh, now people, you, you, you see business cards with place manager, placemaking. And, and now what's, I think, happened is like, I don't know, we call it like over trends, you know, when the trends are past the trend. I'm not sure what you call that. But it's, I think placemaking basically is where you can take your two-year-old child who's trying to walk and then you can, or you can take your grandmother who is in a wheelchair. And if you can be in both spaces where they're both enjoying the space and yourself, who are, if you're in the middle of your life, that there is many layers for a space that could that could enhance. Yeah. So it's 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 how everyone feels safe and, and included, and that could be through the lighting, through um, the traffic. So where the where the transport's being diverted. Um, safety bollards, the right lighting for the evening as well, which I think I just said, Mm. didn't I? Mm -hmm. I said lighting twice. That's okay. Lighting is very important. I love lighting. (laughs) And all these um, factors that you're talking about are mentioned and explained in great detail in your latest light bulb moment, your second book, The Art Project. Can you tell us a bit about why you chose to write this second book? Well, it's been sitting in me for quite some time. I wrote the first book, Making Up Matter, and it was like the prelude to this actual book. So I actually already had it written out, but it was in COVID where I sat down and I re-edited it. And I think after being running a business for over 10 years, it was, it's, I've learned so much and being a consultant, you, you don't just do one job and the jobs that we, the, the, the clients and, and the projects that we have are just so different from one another. We'll, we'll write art strategies, we'll do public artwork, 
where we'll uh, we'll inst- uh, we'll do activations for like a council. Uh, it's so diverse with what we do and it and includes so many different kinds of artists that we work with and creatives and suppliers and and building materials as well. There's just so much that so many layers of who we work with as well. Like so when you work on a project, on any project, it's not just ourselves and the developer, but there'll also be the the architect, the investor, uh, there'll also be the marketing manager. And there is just so many different layers of people who come in on that as well and that that can also change the project. And I felt there was nothing out there for me. Like, as I mentioned earlier, I studied art history. You can't go and study to be an art consultant at, at university. There may have something come out in the last year or two, but last time I looked... You can be an art curator, which is very different because when you curate, you're actually doing it inside an institution or a gallery, which is in four walls. But being an art consultant is actually, it's multi, it's it's actually in the public realm, meaning if you're a, a person and you're walking through the streets, you're a public person. So public art, that's where it comes from. And we don't necessarily all do public art. We also do uh, corporate art collections as well. We've been doing Deloitte's art collection for the last uh, good couple of years now. And so the experiences that we've learned, I just wanted to encapsulate them and put them into a book and to share my experiences. Interestingly enough, I've had a lot of people say that I'm giving too much um, IP away, intellectual property, but I feel so differently towards that because I feel like I'm contributing back into society that I can also help other people with what I didn't learn. It was only when I started going into business and entrepreneurship that I actually found uh, my mentors. So that's something that's I've had a lot of reflection about recently. And I've been talking to other uh, contemporaries like myself um, and, you know, car journeys around Uber rides is, is you know, why isn't it there more mentorship in the arts and, and why isn't it? as collaborative as it could be. And I probably know what the answer is because there's just not enough uh, money in it um, or, you know, people feel like they need to sort of, you know, hold their, you know, hold it to themselves, I guess. But I I feel differently about the way that we should be sharing. It should be more collaboratively. It should be more interconnectiveness in in the way we work. Mm. And it's interesting you're talking about mentorship and how I I believe that Obviously, it's a very important thing to have to kind of um, help you achieve light bulb moments. So working with other people, collaborating is a really vital thing in the arts. That's right. And um, I guess bringing it back to our first mentors, our parents, what did your parents do for work? Were they creative people? Did you do a lot of drawing as a kid? Like... Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I really love the idea. I do ask a lot of questions when I meet people because I'm very curious about where they've come from, who they're hanging around when they were younger in their younger years, and I find it fascinating that interplay of 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 where you grew up. You know, were your first, second, or third child? But no, my parents weren't very um, creative. I've got right. My mother's on that one side's Russian, and my grandfather was a Cossack. He came through actually the concentration camps. Um, sadly, actually, he was like a minority within the minority, which is uh, when you think about that, I was like, wow, okay. And I didn't realize that until I actually went to the Jewish Museum. 
Um, so I think there was a lot of trauma in my background, um, just watching that side of that. Um, and look, even with what's happening at the moment with Russia and the Ukraine, it's there's it's yeah very interesting. And then the other side's the Dutch, the Dutch side. And no, I, I don't I don't think I didn't. I had my grandmother loved to garden a lot, and I funnily enough loved to garden, and I ride my bike everywhere. And I've just been to Amsterdam on a holiday, um, took my kids back. But and I realised how much I love riding my bike. It's interesting because I was like, you can get around everywhere. I I prefer to do that. So it's interesting how you hold these things in you, and you know sometimes I'm sure you, you don't you don't know where it's come from. But when I went back recently, I was like, oh, okay, I know where that's come from. But so I, no, I didn't actually. I did draw a lot, and I used to remember you know drawing pictures of my little birds when I was. So I did find a couple of those, and but it was always. I, th- I think the, the way the art was taught at schools, it was like you had to draw everything realistic. There was no abstract. And I think the, the, there is a new guard coming in where it is moving towards that more contemporary and pushing out into being your own creative and owning your own self but rather than following what other masters had done before in the past. Uh, but I know I didn't grow up in a very creative space. And I do wonder if I had been, if my parents were very creative but that was you know that's that's just I, I yeah maybe my next life I can ask that is I just want to be um you know yeah that'd be nice yeah <laughs> I'm just thinking about it it'd be different for sure I'm I'm the same um with my parents both very brilliant people but not a creative bone in their bodies then that's their words but then again I believe that we're all a little bit creative. That's right. And, and, and yeah. like my mother loves cooking, so she's really mm. very creative in that. So she loves cooking and guarding. It's, and it's a different kind of way because even when I think about what my sisters do for work and where that's come from, like one's an ecologist, one's a police officer, and it's very, it's not regimented, but it's quite following that, you know, for a big organised, an engineering firm. So, and then I'm the only one that's really that that artist. That, you know, I'm not an artist. I'd call myself a more of a... Uh, creative, I guess I find the creative, so I'm just mm. the funnel. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I was wondering, like, how do you find motivation in such a competitive industry? Um, who are some of your inspirations? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, who is inspiring me? I, do you know, the interesting thing is every... Oh, I've, I, I'm always inspired by people. I, I get inspired by even talking to people in Uber. Uber. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but everyone has the most fascinating stories. You just you just need to scratch the surface. Uh, you know, you just need to talk to somebody. Which my son always says to me, "You always talk to strangers. Stop it." But I'm I love it. I just I get. I mean, sometimes it does. It doesn't turn out so well, but sometimes it does. Like you have these really powerful moments with people where you can share things, and I, I do. I am. Ex- inspired by people generally. Um, who's inspiring me at the moment? Um, I Look, I was thinking about Jenny Key the other day, who I actually used to paint with years ago, and I saw her down at Fashion Week. I bumped into her, and what I love about her is she's owning her own self. She's a Buddhist. She lives in the Blue Mountains, and I've luck- been lucky enough to be in her home and and her own spiritual practice. I'm, I love that she, she actually has... Um, 
she's has fullness within herself and in her creative outlet as well. And I think you can't just be one, you have to be both. So I'm always let down when I meet some people in life where I think, okay, oh, they're so incredible. They've got this one side of them all. And then the other side you meet in real person and you're like, oh, what a shame. I always say I judge, not judge people. And I probably, I don't want to say judge you, but I, I always, when I meet people, I was like, can I sit next to them and have a, a, a degustation meal with them? Mm. That's that's how I, when I meet someone, I'm like, you know, I'd love to sit down with you and just, you know, and it doesn't have to be someone famous. I know everyone says, mm. who do you want to sit down yeah, with? Yeah, that was my next question. Oh, was it? <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many people. Um, and do you know who else I really love is Oprah Winfrey. I know that's a bit sort of cliche, but I love who she interviews um, mm. as well. And there's another podcast I listen to. It's um, Tara Brock about the conscious awakening uh, for ourselves. And yeah, so I listen to them quite religiously actually um just about this the, like this the soul um who also look up to uh is the artist way which um i've done that quite a few times is sort of doing all the journaling that's as well that's a book right and that's a book yeah who was it who wrote it uh, uh, julia cameron julia cameron, julia cameron. Yeah. and it's just sort of writing every day and that's again coming back into your creative self and and i really feel like there's that that soul alignment that you have to do is that you have to you have to sort of inside. You have to heal your sort of self to, to, and yeah, and by owning yourself and being you know conscious in those moments, which is actually a really hard thing to do. Mm. Do you think that you can work towards a light bulb moment, or do you think light bulb moments are like thrust upon us? <laughs> well, I've got like oh, I've got like four light bulb moments that happened to me recently. I even had one last week. Oh, what was it? It was actually designing like safety furniture, but creative safety furniture, because I just get really peeved off about the bollards. If you go into anywhere in Melbourne, Sydney or around the world, there's these big concrete bollards that have been like put right into the centre of the city where the, a lot of our politicians might walk by or whoever. Just it's... Why does it need to be so utilitarian? It can actually have. It could also be like it could be creative as well. Mm. It could be covered in something like quite interesting. So it could be a part of our built environment. Again, coming back to that public um, place making is how we make our public spaces more interesting for us to to live in. Because a lot of us do actually want to be. That's the idea. Because for me, I've, after living in London for 10 years, I always have to live centrally in Sydney. I can't, I did try and move out a little bit further. It wasn't even that far down to Marrickville. But it just felt so suburban to try and get back in. So I just love being in the centre of things. And when you live in the centre of things, the houses tend to be smaller. So it makes you, you know, come out of your house, your apartment, to be out in your public space. And I think it's really important. And with what the city of Sydney does here in in, in Australia, they do such a great job of public spaces. Um, but I think those bollards that really annoyed me. They're just really ugly, and it just makes you feel unsafe. Like I see a big concrete pylon in sitting in the of the street I'm like it just rings not feeling safe something might happen but it doesn't actually need to Mm. look like that so it's just those sort of things that that pop up um I've been thinking of also like furniture design at the moment recently um and then thinking a lot about thought leadership and um like a creative series which we've been doing we did a curate your city which has been uh fabulous we've been doing that at the ace hotel in sydney we did three events um one on ai and then um with creative pioneers um as well so there's something in that as well uh which i'm sort of sitting with but now i'm writing them down and thinking about it and just reflecting on 
on is this where I want to put my energy because mm. you only get 168 hours in a week minus the minus the sleeping the eating everything else in between you only get a couple of hours really to reflect on things or do what you actually want to do so just remember that mm. and what are some other practical tips you can give our listeners I know for a fact that you're part of the 5am club so waking up every day at 5am um, that's not for me but I I would like to hear um, if you had any more tips for our listeners. Well, doing the 5am to do the book and since I've come back from Europe, it is definitely harder, but I've been getting up about 5.45. Uh, I do believe that you, you've, with waking up, I love getting up because I've got some time to myself to reflect before the day. Uh, practical tips, I'd say five of the people that you you hang around is who you become so just be really careful about who you're ha- who 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 you've got around you because they're the ones that when you're having a bit of a a, a tough day or that you, you that you can celebrate with, with uh it's all about witnessing your journey i think sometimes when you're around people and you know when you see friends and they when you see people and they do really well and you get excited by that it's you know to witness their journey I think it's actually quite a powerful thing and it also inspires you to to be a better person too so I think it's important to have people around you and I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about that um, but it's one of my I'm always looking at all my friends and, and thinking you know how lucky I am and I really did cultivate them like a garden I guess if you think about every day you're going out and you're you know, weeding a garden, you're watering them. It's just a bit like friends, right? You've got to make sure that they're the right people, that they're, um, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's just a very, very important part of my life is, is mm. my, my friendship group. Yeah, that's lovely. Connection is so important for um, everything we do. Yes. Mm. Well, they were saying that they've. I've been again been listening to a lot of podcasts. You know, in research for for my podcast is is that people that are actually more happier, so they've, they've done some studies on this, is people that actually talk to strangers a lot. So I was like, oh, actually, I am quite happy because I do talk to strangers, mm. which is a bit sort of random. And they were saying your social connection with other people as well is a very important thing. I was like, okay, that's that's interesting because sometimes you don't get to pick your family or you or when you, you know, if you went through high school and it wasn't so great in your friend group. But the great thing is you get to pick now. Like you're an adult and you get to paint your whole life and I really I'm always very empowered by that is there is a choice and you get to choose every day and yeah I, I feel like sometimes when you I was a child I never got to choose and I always felt like that I it was so in part of me I had to be th- this certain way or I had to do this th- so I think in my adulthood I'm like well this is my choice now this is I get to I, I get to make up what I want and this is and that's why I've with with art pharmacy and with his second business sugar glider I've been able to push it so far it's like well actually no I'm just gonna this is what I'm choosing to do this let's keep mm. going but also in that those moments of new ideas that come up I, I've always I am conscious about well where am I putting my energy is this you know which, which industry who am I going to be hanging around because even I'm building a tech business and I've met a lot of tech people and it's an interesting kind of you know interesting area to sort of move into so you, I'm always just checking in on myself to make sure that this is you know you, you don't get you only get to live once mm. and and I feel like I'm in the full moon phase of my life right so this is I've got to choose wisely about where I put my you know put my energy Mm, fantastic. So, Amelia, 
Um, to finish up today, I think we should talk about the art project once more. When I was reading it, I really enjoyed the passage with the outcome of your project. I was wondering, would you be able to give us a little sneak peek about this paragraph? So it's really important. So as I mentioned before, with the book, it's everything that I've learned and in my experience, and it's really very much the handbook of how to run projects. And what I've come up across over time is when I'm meeting with a client and we're starting off, I'm always like, well, what is the outcome of your project? What do you actually, how do you envision it? Because you can get, you can run away on all these ideas and everything, but what's, what's the end outcome? Is it, are you making a, you know, a public artwork for the local community? What is, is, how do you want the community to feel about that work? Is it actually for a corporate art collection? So it's actually just for that organization to reflect on those artworks and what are your values within that as well? So it's really thinking about the end in mind first and then working backwards and then finding those artists that will meet those values. Because in one of our ethoses at Art Pharmacy is we do support many, you know, hundreds of artists all over Australia it's always been my mission, which is actually, sometimes it's actually quite, it can be quite hamstring you because if every time you work with a new artist or emerging or even mid-tier rather than the high-end artist is is the more established artist, is actually it takes a lot more time and effort to manage these artists that don't have the experience. Uh, so there is that um, risk that's involved with going with those artists that are that aren't. So, yeah, so just thinking about... The end in mind, I think that's really important. Mm, The impact of a project, for sure. Fantastic. Um, And to read more, I guess our listeners will have to get themselves a copy. The Art Project is available on Booktopia, on our website, artpharmacy.com.au, and at all good bookstores. Thank you so much for taking the time today to share your experiences and invaluable insight with us, Amelia, and for giving us a little exclusive sneak peek of the Art Project. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Lightbulb Moment, where creatives shed light on their career-defining epiphanies. Don't forget to like and share this episode and leave a review if you love what we do. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn at artpharmacy or sugarglider.digital and watch this space for more tips from Creative Pioneers.